What's up, guys? It's your friendly neighborhood podcast, Life in Jiu-Jitsu. Starting to do some more of these um, monologue talks. Hope you like them. Just wanted to uh, take a minute and respond to the UFC fights this last weekend. UFC 239. Uh, Israel-style Bender Adesanya versus Kelvin. Uh, no nickname, as far as I know. Gastelum. And uh, Dustin the Diamond Poirier. And uh, Max Blessed Holloway. Um, you know, the biggest takeaway for me from these fights is really the UFC from an organizational standpoint um, and this whole idea of interim title belts. Those were, t- those were two fights, 10 rounds, um, for two interim title belts. And there's been a lot of back and forth about, you know, these interim titles are fake, they don't mean anything. The UFC, uh, you know, Dana White's been very upfront and honest about just saying, you know what, uh, it makes a difference. For the pay-per-view it makes a big difference for the pay-per-view when we when we have some sort of a belt on the line and there's been a lot of really interesting talk about this you know I, I I'm consider myself old school by which I mean I started watching I guess around in 2004 no not 2004 2008 but even before that like in the really old school pride days they would just have these kind of like make-believe you know just these kind of belts that were awarded for uh, whoever was the champion of that night and people took, you know, and I think uh, uh, Dream, Pride, and a lot of these other organizations had these championship belts that were for, you know, who the champion was that night. And people took real, you know, they didn't, they never, they didn't defend them. They just kind of went on the mount, on the mantle somewhere. But uh, people took real pride in those. And, you know, there's something to be said for that. I mean, one, you kind of give more fighters more opportunities to have some sort of hardware. Um, you are able to spread recognition around in a sport where credit is hard to come by <laughs> and where recognition is hard to come by and so you know I, you know I don't know like the old arguments always been well if you have too many champions you risk you know you risk diluting the product like boxing you know um, where you have where you have you know just this like Wikipedia list of boxing world champions and it's 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 you know innumerable um, although I will say from a jiu-jitsu perspective, you know, we're going to have worlds coming up here and there's going to be like a hundred and some odd world champions between the children's divisions, the adult divisions, all the belts, all the weights. So, you know, does that make the, the world championship any less meaningful to each particular competitor? You know, probably not. They all, they all feel very proud of themselves and, right, and rightly so. You know, Israel Adesanya also, also uh, put something out on Twitter. I think he said, man, I feel like a fucking champion today after he beat Kelvin Gastelum and got the interim belt. So... You know, I was actually personally had this feeling of like, you know, maybe you shouldn't, maybe you shouldn't dilute the product. Maybe you should keep the championship belt kind of a pure thing. But, you know, um, who can deny that that was a championship fight between Israel Adesanya and Kelvin Gastelum? Who can deny their efforts? And who, you know, after watching what those two guys put out and also Dustin Poirier and, and, and Max Holloway, you know, who could, could after seeing that fight, could say no that wasn't a true championship fight you know i don't care who else is out there that was in my eyes in in my books a championship effort between two championship fighters um and you know i don't have a huge appetite to diminish their accomplishments you know um and now you have a unification bout you know you kind of you know now you have a unification bout between you know uh, bobby knuckles and and israel and khabib and Max Holloway, 
So, you know, I mean, it sets up the next fights pretty well, too. You know, I guess I just want to say from an organizational standpoint, I can, I can kind of see why they're doing these interim belts. Though the interim thing, you know, it, it's a little bit, it is a little bit weird because you are kind of taken away from the accomplishment of the person who is the actual champion, right? And so when you're too eager to make an interim title, you're sort of taken away from the person who's the actual champ. You know, especially if they're only, if they're only out for a year or so. You know, there's no fixed criteria. I'm much better like the, you know, the old pride, you know, the old pride model of you just, hey, you just have a, you just kind of have a funky Fugazi, you know, kind of made up belt for the champ, you know, for being the champion of that night, really. And it's still meaningful to those fighters. And you can still, you know, I mean, honestly, in the UFC, those top 10 fighters in the world, those folks, those guys are all champions. Those guys are all champions in their own ways, you know, um, and in many ways, we're all champions in life, but not to get told, not to get totally sidetracked, you know. Um, so, you know, those, that's my thoughts, as, I guess, from an organizational, you know, I guess coming from the, I guess coming from the government, I always have this sort of like, you know, policy first, like what's the policy, you know. Um, and my thought, yeah, I, I didn't love the policy at first, but now I'm kind of starting to see why, you know. Those are those are two, um, those are two amazing fights, and it certainly must have felt like there were stakes on the table for those for those guys. Um, so I'll, I'll step back and say, man, I was wrong. Um, as far as, as far as the fights themselves go, man, Israel, Izzy and, uh, Izzy and Kelvin Gastel, man, um, man, that was probably one of the best fights that I've ever seen in my life. And what I really took away from that fight is how wrestling in particular wrestling as an art form can help you overcome so many, um, disadvantages. Okay. Kelvin had a, I think seven inch height disadvantage and Kelvin, you know, Kelvin has like little T-Rex arms, man. He's not, you know, he's, um, he's a great athlete, but I think, I think a fair reading of Kelvin's body type and just a visual inspection of him say, you would say he wasn't born a great athlete. This isn't a guy who like had like LeBron like talents, you know, whereas like Izzy is like long, he's built like a coat hanger. He's built perfectly for striking. Um, you know, um, not to get any racial connotations, but I mean, just look at the Nigerians in the UFC. They're great. They're great born athletes. Francis Ngannou, uh, Kamaru Usman, and now Izzy. So, you know, you have like the shorter, unathletic, uh, frankly, fatter Kelvin Gastelum, you know, bridging a, an enormous gap in the ability, in the striking ability uh, between him and Israel Adesanya uh, with his wrestling, with just his wrestling. And why is that? You know, um, my own analysis of this is that, you know, even the, the best world-class strikers aren't going to look so hot in the UFC, in mixed martial arts, when they're forced to fight on their back leg, when they're forced to fight going backwards. Jack Slack talks about this. And I mean, this is kind of common knowledge in, in, in mixed martial arts sort of armchair analyst circles. Is that it's just harder to, it's just harder to really commit to your shots and sit down on your shots. Um, when, when you're scared, when you're scared of having, you know someone picking up your leg and putting you on your back, uh, certainly, I think we can count on one hand the amount of kicks that Izzy threw in that fight. Why? Uh, well, one, Kelvin's got a powerful right hand, but two, um, left hand rather, but two, um, you know he doesn't want to have that leg picked up and he doesn't want to you know spend the rest of rest of the round on his back. Um, although, really, if we really look at that fight. Maybe we maybe we step back and say, "Gosh, you know, Izzy, uh, maybe you could have opened up with your striking a little bit more. Maybe you could have opened up with your kicks in particular a little bit more." Um, 
I'll have to rewatch the fight, but my initial impression when I looked back was that, man, I think he won all the grappling exchanges. He had Kelvin in a deep, he had Kelvin in a deep guillotine. He had Kelvin in a deep triangle. Um, he was never held down for any significant amount of time. Um, I would say, you know, more than success, more than, when, when Izzy probably game planned this fight, he says, okay, what's success for me in the grappling realm? Well, it's to not be held down on my back. Um, check. And he actually won a few exchanges too. In particular, that guillotine, he had an opportunity for a Darius, which he forewent. Um, and, then also, and then also that triangle, which was locked in deep. And, um, so, you know, I guess, got a number of takeaways. One, Izzy, um, probably have a little bit more, more you know, more confidence in, in, in the grappling than, uh, than he may, maybe initially uh, would have estimated for himself. Two, you know, Calvin, man, um, that ability to strike and wrestle at the same time, cover distance with an overhand, just phenomenal. You know, what Kelvin was doing really well, too, is he was coming out. Man, he reminded me of, like, Roberto, uh, you know, uh, Roberto Duran. You know, he would come out right out of the gate, you know, for as soon as as soon as the, the bell rang. And he'd really put a lot of pressure uh, on Izzy. You know, these kickboxers, I think, you know, like to fight in a, long, a little bit of a longer range. And uh, Kelvin was really keeping it at his range, at his boxing, you know, his boxing range as opposed to a kickboxing range. And uh, that's also a wrestling range, or, or much closer to a wrestling range. So it's kind of making Izzy a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, anyways, to wrap up the analysis for that fight, fucking wonderful, phenomenal fight for the ages. I mean, it's up there with Rory and Lawler, you know, with, with Rory McDonald and Robbie Lawler. And it's up there with Shogun and uh, Dan Henderson. It's up there with GSP and Hendricks. I mean, this is just this is just a fight for the ages. If you've not, it's up there with the Arturo Gatti. And uh, Mickey Ward, if you've not seen if you've not seen these these fights, make sure you, you see these fights. These are on the Mount Rushmore of you know of fights. Um, Dustin Poirier, Kelvin Gast, uh, Dustin Poirier, Max Holloway. Yeah, you know, I um, I was surprised. I was surprised. But the one thing the one thing I have to say is that I think I think Max has been getting away with brawling for a little bit too long and Dustin Poirier was really doing a good job of not getting sucked into a brawl okay actually if we're gonna go back and look at the uh, at the last fight too at Kelvin Gass Kelvin was doing a great job of forcing a brawl with the much more precise and polished striker um and you know hats off to him to 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 force Izzy a much more educated striker into a brawl anyways Max has just been a high output uh frankly I I don't you know I I have tremendous respect for Max Holloway I don't mean to, you know, armchair quarterback this or kind of like uh, diminish his accomplishments or put him down in any way. Uh, nonetheless, I do have my analysis. And my analysis is that, you know, Max Holloway has been one of the longest, you know, rangiest fighters from 145, even 155 down. I mean, he's so tall. He's so lanky. He's so long. Uh, nonetheless, you know, he throws a lot of looping punches, a lot of hooks, uppercuts, overhands. And, you know, I, I, would I would love to see a Max Holloway, especially with that build, you know, fighting behind a jab and a cross, right? Straight punches for the longer fighter. Um, and I just, I just feel like Dustin Poirier was really, really, really well equipped to deal with the brawl. I think he, he just looked more technical. He was throwing straight punches. And, uh, of course, he looked like the bigger, heavier, uh, you know, fighter whose punches landed in more meaningful ways. But, you know, I think... I think um, 
again, not to take anything away from Max, but he, uh, I think he's been brawling in this high output style for a really, really long time. And uh, he's been getting away with it because he's so good at what he does. You know, I mean, I couldn't fuck, I couldn't go, go in there and hang in with him, hang in there with him in a brawl. He'd fucking kill me. Um, he, yeah, so I just think he's, he's just been throwing looping punches for a really long time and he got caught. You know, he, he wasn't able to, to, to force. Um, to force the brawl. I mean, it, there was, it, it did degenerate. Of course, the fight did, did did degenerate into a brawl at various points, but um, I think by and large, Dustin Poirier, Dustin Poirier was really, really well suited um, for a brawl. He was really well suited to fight behind technical punches, straight punches, use his footwork and avoid the brawl. There was a couple times where where Max, you know, was looking to put Poirier's back up against the fence. And man, if he'd been able to force that a little bit more, I mean, he he really shoe shined him with like you know 10, 12 punches at one point. And Poirier, like the look on Poirier's face was like, nope, not staying here. I'm getting the fuck out of here. So I think that was another thing that that kind of Poirier, you know, they say when when you kill the king, you take away his best moves. You know, Poirier didn't allow himself to get pinned up against the fence by the longer fighter. Um, and that was a wise move on his part. Um, you know, he's also he's also got that previous win over him, and so maybe he just has his number. Anyways, um, Doss Brock said something on, on um, Instagram that I really liked. And he said, you know, uh, Dustin the Diamond, you know, a diamond is just a lump of coal that never gave up. Um, Dustin, I think something in like 23 fights into the UFC or some ridiculous amount of fights. Uh, and uh, he's always been a top tier contender. Um, you know, had, had some setbacks certainly against McGregor and, and whatnot. But just kind of, you know, just kind of stayed the path. And, you know... MMA is a game that is so reliant on knowing curriculum, on knowing what to do in certain situations, on just knowing the system, right? The system of fighting that there really is something to be said for, you know, he's also not old, but there is something to be said for sticking around for a while because you just learn that deep knowledge of these deep, deep exchanges, you know, that I can only comment on that I don't really know except from, you know, from a grappling standpoint, but you know, he, he's been in that deep water several times before that knowledge really, really counts for something. And so, you know, the, the diamond is blooming, you know, like a spring flower, and good for him. I couldn't be happier for him. With regards to the interim title, though, I didn't see anything in that fight. I didn't see anything in that. Of course, I didn't. It was a stand-up fight, but I didn't see anything in that fight or his previous fights. I have no reason to believe he can hang in there with Khabib. Um, I didn't. I don't see anything in his record that makes me think that he can keep Khabib off of him. Um, and you know, given given Khabib's unblemished record, and given um, given Dustin, Dustin's sort of up and downs in his career. Um, I, I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't bet against Khabib. I, I could never expect, um, I would never expect a, a Poye victory over Khabib. Not to say that he can't do it, but I just didn't see, I haven't seen anything to say that he's going to be the one guy to stop that freight train. Um, okay, folks, I'm here at my destination. Um, I'm going to start trying to do a little bit more of these sort of just, you know, just kind of me talking with you all. Um, I hope you like it. We'll still be doing the we'll still be doing the talks with our friends. Um, this is just something that I've always wanted to do. Hope I'll get better at. Please drop me a comment. Uh, you know where to find me on Instagram, Facebook. Um, let me know if there's topics you'd like me to cover um, or issues, you know, other things you'd like to go over. Thanks again.